1: Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, every single one of you people. We are speaking, of course, to the entire world, all of Earth. Welcome. It is the SB Nation NFL show. Specifically, it is Monday, Football Monday. Even more specifically, we are streaming live on the SB Nation NFL Twitter page, the SB SB Nation NFL Facebook page. I'm getting off to a fantastic start here on this Monday. And we have a lot. discuss, But before we do, a reminder that this show is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That's code SBNNFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Week five is just about in the books. We have a bow to tie on tonight with Monday Night Football. Lots of action, no successful field goals. I am R. Joe Cho. I didn't even mention that because I'm so humble from blogging the boys, SB home for Dallas Cowboys content. I am joined, as always, on this episode of Monday Football Monday by Pete Tweeney from Arrowhead Pride, SB home for Kansas City Chiefs content, which means Chiefs, or Pete, rather, not Chiefs. You are in a bad mood because (laughs) of the Chiefs. Happy Monday to you, my friend.
2: Yeah, happy Monday. What a wild week of NFL and and games and, and coverage. Um, the early slate was insane. Seemed like the late slate had probably what you would consider to be the game of the year between the Cleveland Browns and the L.A. Chargers. And then you wrap up uh, with the Bills overcoming the Chiefs. You know, now we've seen two teams that haven't been able to do it in the Baltimore Ravens. And, and now the Bills. Uh, being able to get past the Chiefs. So it seems like the AFC is as wide open as it's ever been. And the NFC might be riping for the taking for the Dallas Cowboys, RJ. So you're probably feeling uh, pretty good on the other side of this.
1: Pete Tweeney, I do want to say um, we have no, no no tricks up my sleeve today. You know, I, I had my day taking my victory laps around you. Today is all about, I'm, you know, Pete, you want some soup? You want a blanket? You know what I mean? I'm here for you, sure. man. You know, I, it I was wet out, out there last yeah, night. Exactly. Very wet. You're my friend, uh, my, uh, my family, you know what I mean? So I, w- I want to take care of you. I'm here to, to be your, your warm embrace, your warm landing spot. Um, but I do want to say that since you came on here with a tall chest uh, on the Monday after week one with your little purple plate uh, and your humble pie for the yeah. Buffalo Bills, they are yeah. undefeated since you spat in their eye, my friend.
2: Well, look, we... We both felt that way after week one. It seemed bizarre that they dropped that one to the Pittsburgh Steelers. What we forgot. And I say we, because you were on board with this too. We (laughs) forgot that it's an any given Sunday type of league and, and duds do happen. And you got to look at a bigger body of work. That game just happened to happen for the Buffalo bills in week one. So Unfortunately, we looked past them a little bit. I looked past them a little bit, but I, I mean, I said last Monday Football Monday that this was a game I really thought the Kansas City Chiefs could lose because they were playing and are playing that poorly. The defense is that historically bad, and if the offense doesn't play, as I said, a complete perfect game, which once again with four turnovers they did not, they're they're going to lose, and they lost. Um, all those things happened. Uh, the defense uh, could not figure it out in the first half, and then finally forces three punts to start the second half, but the Chiefs have to punt, and there's back-to-back interceptions, uh, again, off a a Tyree kill drop. Looks like some bad decision-making a little bit here uh, for Patrick Mahomes. The Bills didn't blitz in this game. Uh, They got pressure um, with three or four the the entire time, and uh, they played good coverage. This is the best defense, or one of the best defenses in the league, and that buys teams more time to uh, get the Chiefs to turn the football over and they're not taking care of the football um right now. Um and worst, worst part about this too is you leave the game as the Chiefs with a lot of injuries. Clyde Edwards Alaire looked to suffer a somewhat serious knee injury that was Uh, Bang-up injuries to Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey, who are your two most important skill position players. Your left guard, free agent signee Joe Tooney has a fractured hand, so we'll see if he's even going to continue staying on the field. Uh, And you need these players to right the ship. You need them to be pretty much 100% healthy because uh, the defense isn't doing it. The safety, Dan Sorensen, is just getting picked on. The Chiefs refuse to try any other uh, personnel, um, uh, any other player in that position, and you're going to have teams now like the Buffalo Bills, um, the Baltimore Ravens are there. They've they've have had wins over the Chiefs. I think the Cleveland Browns they were in that game week one. Um, you are two games behind in the AFC West, and you 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 basically have already taken the AFC West out of your hands. It's only week five or six, but as with two games behind in the game against the Chargers, you, you're still. Um, it's still out of your hands. So it is as bad as it's been in Kansas City under the Patrick Mahomes era. One thing I always like to say, RJ, is that Mahomes has never lost a regular season game by more than one possession. That is no longer the case. So, uh, yes, a very humbling day uh, in Kansas City for both myself and and I think the Chiefs franchise as a whole as the way they're playing right now.
1: So there's a lot to this. Um, It's, you know, this is regression. Right, in, in an overall sense, it's it's hard to say that there's regression happening on offense because the offense doesn't really have a chance to to be itself just because the defense is so bad. And I think ev- every team has has had that moment where it's like, why are you still playing? In this case, it's Dan Sorensen, right? Like he's kind of the meme player, like the positive right. meme. You know what I mean? But now the positive meme has just there's no more positivity. It's just an annoying meme at this point. And it's just like play. Anybody literally will take anybody except for Dan Sorensen. Um, and. This is tough, man. I mean, this is this is uncharted territory, as you well know, because it's not just that the Chiefs have lost; it's not just that they're two and three. I mean, you know, we could outline it a number of different ways, but they have lost. To all the legitimate contenders in the AFC. You know, it's in, and that's, that, that's, if I was a Chiefs fan, that would be the troubling thing to me. I know they beat the Browns, uh, and we'll get to the Browns Chargers game in a moment, but, you know, that was, and we talked about this then, that was kind of a touch and go thing, if not for that weird yeah. punt. But you could play that game, you know, a number of different directions, but losing to the Ravens, losing to the Chargers well, specifically, now losing to the Bills, I mean, I know you wrote about this in your post game recap, you can certainly kiss the one seed goodbye. I mean, I think. That's a hundred percent closed on you at this point in time, um, and and now it's difficult to envision a path where the AFC West is is going to be won in an easy fashion. The Chiefs are now in a place that they haven't been, where they're going to need a lot of help uh, over the course of the rest of the season.
2: Yeah, and and just going back to that Sorensen point really quickly, it's more complicated than just replacing Daniel Sorensen. And credit to. Um, friend of the SB nation NFL show we can call our ESPN's Mina Kimes, who essentially tweeted out that, you know, the chiefs are in dime quite a bit and that means Sorensen and Thornhill are on the field. So unless you're replacing him with Armani Watts, in a sense, who's the other safety on this team, who's been just pretty much a special teamer. And at this point, you're just like, okay, we're going to try anything. But the guy who was just beat on TV, um, two times embarrassingly with Tyron Matthew throwing his hands in the air. And we're just going to try this. Who's been really a career special teamer for the chiefs. Maybe they will. And it means to be seen what they do. They also have uh, Dorian O'Daniel who might be an option, but he hasn't really played uh, many defensive snaps. You're at the point in the Kansas city chiefs where you're looking at some of these who are perennial special teamers and like, you know what? Should we just try these guys instead of Daniel Sorensen like at this point? And and I I think that is is extremely troubling and and it's 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 tough because you're you're right it is changing I think the entire um team and 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 the stretch that they've put together and going 1 and 3 in the conference you you're not going to own any of the tiebreakers like you like you were saying you've lost these tiebreakers head to head which is the first tiebreaker yeah, against, and
1: these these are literally not to interrupt you. These are the teams you would need them against, right? Like, there's no 100%. other AFC team that you so would need a tiebreaker against.
2: You're one and three in the conference, and you have the tiebreaker against the teams that are going to be up for the buy. You, you've now lost those essentially, so you have to at at two and three, you have to rip off twelve wins in a row if you want the AFC buy. You probably have one more loss to think that the Chiefs are just going to go undefeated the rest of the season at this point is would be a wild. Uh, thing to even predict or or say, um, is Patrick Mahomes capable? Yes, but it would take a wild turnaround defensively for that to, to ever be a, a possibility. And so uh, it is what it is. And, and I, I think if you're a Chiefs fan, if you're the Kansas City Chiefs, you look at this thing and say, OK, we have a lot of football left to play. You just saw a team in the Super Bowl last year. That came out as a fifth seed and won on the road and was able to do it because they were playing well at the end of the season. You got to go one game at a time. You got to write the ship uh, in Washington. A quick note here and, w- and, F- and, P- and right, the F- Chiefs F- WFT. <laughs> uh, Carl Sheffers, uh, get it, get, get this dude out of the league. Uh, uh, like, I, I could complain about the penalty to Frank Clark because it completely changed the game. And that was the game sealing point. The game sealing point should never. Come by a referee's decision. I also thought the the roughing the passer call on Patrick Mahomes on fourth down for what it worth what, what yeah, it's worth was extremely wrote that soft. As
1: well, mm-hmm.
2: the that this group that that referee it, is taking the the game out of the hands of the players, and that's the worst thing you could possibly be like to right. me. And and so you have this great Sunday night football game. That Frank Clark play should not be a penalty. Neither should the one have been uh, on on Mahomes. So maybe it evened out. But let it even out on the field. Don't let it – don't affect the game and seal the game on a roughing the passer call. I just – I thought that was so horrible. Uh, Again, bad officiating all around to me. Just too involved with the game. Too involved with the game.
1: I think we would be uh, not doing our jobs if we didn't – Give the Bills an enormous amount of props. They have a lot of games to get to, but quickly, Josh Allen was really good. Like, I, Josh Allen wasn't like superb, but he was really good. Uh, Gregory Rousseau, holy crap. The interception was amazing. Micah Hyde, um, the Bills really squashed the idea that, you know, their defense, you know, they, they pitched two shutouts in their previous three games, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and and we, we talked, everybody talked about how well, you know, it was against these subpar teams, these subpar quarterbacks. Let's see you do it against a real team. They are for real. I mean, like they—they they have the best defense in the NFL. They have one of the best. I mean, on whatever day, five offenses in the NFL. I mean, there's a case to be made that they are the very best team in the AFC.
2: I agree. It's hard to disagree. I would probably favor the Los Angeles. I by right. the way, just to be clear, I, I favor the Los Angeles Chargers at this point. But the defense, as we—I'm sure we'll get to—is suspect a little bit. But. Yeah, I, I you can't disagree with it at this point. It's just a complete team, and the Chiefs, to me, are far from that. They are no longer, as I wrote last night, the gold standard of the AFC. And and, and you're right, credit to uh, Josh Allen and what they're building in Buffalo. It's obviously working, and I, I was really impressed with Allen's comments after the game. And, and sure, you could say that it's par for the course, but just saying, like, this is going to be blown up way more than it means. We need to win in the playoffs, and so mm-hmm. um, to have that head on your shoulders, um, Yeah, uh, another and this is now what the second time this year that I'm going to do this another reluctant come up of the week for the Buffalo Bills who have wanted to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. They were 0-2. They lost in the AFC uh, title game last year uh, to the Chiefs. You could tell that they really wanted this one badly. They never took their foot uh, off the gas. So that's a well-deserved unfortunate for me come up of the week for the buffalo bills
1: mm, shout out to you pete Tweeney uh, okay let's get to that chargers game since we've been dancing around it long enough yeah. um justin herbert my goodness uh this game was happening at the same time as the cowboys game so i didn't get to watch it live uh unfortunately by the way the cowboys like the chargers also four and one no big deal you mentioned it i think this is clearly the game of the year so far uh, we saw the Browns drop a lot of offense themselves. The final score 47 to 42. Anytime you get, you know, over 80 points in a game, it's going to be thrilling. Uh, no matter what, just really did kind of feel like a whoever has the ball last is going to win type thing as the game was unfolding. But Herbert, as mentioned, 26 of 43, 398 passing yards, five total touchdowns. The Chiefs did play some, you know, interesting mind games, letting Austin Eckler score late in the game. Um, I, you know, I think people are going to be a little bit harder on Cleveland than maybe they should be after this week because I think that the Chargers really are that good. I mean, you might be right, Pete. It's it, it's a two team race right now in the AFC between Buffalo and in LA, uh, and everybody's kind of fighting for third after that. But man, I mean, they look as it's it's. I'm sure it's not for you, but it's nice to see like all the off season hype kind of like crystallizing together. This, this is this is what everybody envisioned in the most positive you know sort of outcomes, and here it is.
2: Yeah, I've been high on the Chargers since before the season started. And I I just thought they were going to be a formidable challenge for the Chiefs, both in the division and in the conference. And they're proving it. It looks like a a team that could go pretty far. You saw eight lead changes in this game, which made it the best game of the year, in my opinion, with this back and forth. A lot of offense. It's very 2021 type of football game. Here's the research stat: Justin Herbert recorded his 11th career game with 300-plus passing yards, the most by any player in his first two seasons in the Super Bowl era. The new mark broke a tie with Mahomes and Dan Marino. So Herbert now doing things that Patrick Mahomes uh, couldn't do. And I think you're starting to see the talking heads on these national programs start to say, would we take Justin Herbert instead of Patrick Mahomes? I wouldn't. I want to make that very clear, but I think the, <laughs> I think the conversation is merited. I consider Justin Herbert, and I've said this before, the second best quarterback or the top two ceiling type of quarterback. You saw the difference between a Justin Herbert and a, a Baker Mayfield. And and man, Baker Mayfield has that mojo right now, in my opinion, where it's just going to be a career of almost mm. it's just like think Philip Rivers.
1: Like um, like a, like a cool. career where where like Browns fans are constantly arguing with people, you know what I mean? To kind of yes. like you just don't get it, you don't see it, you know what I mean? Right. Like, like, it's that, like that totally yeah, makes sense. Half the problem. fan base
2: pro yeah. Mayfield, and I'm not I'm not big on on Mayfield being the type of quarterback that's going to get you to the. Uh, quote-unquote promised land. Herbert is that, for me. More than 1,000 uh, yards of offense in this game. The the Browns were badly injured. Uh, Newsom was inactive. Denzel Ward and Greedy Williams were injured in the first half, so that uh, did not help. The defense it would look pretty good going into this game. Mike Williams was wide open twice in this game, and it was bad. Uh, the, you know, We just talked about the Sorensen. It was like those Sorensen-type plays. Joe Lombardi has reinvented uh, what is a healthy Mike Williams. Brandon Staley said this after the game. To win a game like this, one that turns into a track meet. You have to have a superstar quarterback to win it. That's what Herbert is. Like I told the team in there, the reason why he's being able to play how he's capable of playing is because he has a really good team uh, around him. And I think it's important to recognize this. And RJ, you know this well. The LA Chargers, they've only lost one game and it took a 52-yarder by your boy, Greg the Leg. And so they could very easily be The only undefeated team in the AFC, if not for that uh, three point Cowboys loss. And I think they're playing like it. And again, the Chiefs are are two behind in the division and uh, the Chargers are in the proverbial driver's seat in the AFC. Let's see what they do with the keys.
1: You know, I think you can make an argument that the Chargers have the highest quality record so far in the nfl um obviously they've won three games in a row after losing to dallas as you mentioned at kansas city against the raiders on monday night football um by the way back-to-back afc you know west games delayed by lightning what's going on here you know what i'm saying like lightning chargers it's really kind of talk about come up of the week here uh but and now covering, against the browns
2: covering night games <laughs> all right yeah, uh, oh
1: yeah it's tough I was at Arrowhead last night,
2: and they're like, "Yeah, every time that there's lightning, they restart a thirty-minute clock before the game can start." And you're, I'm looking at this clock, and I'm saying, <laughs> "Man, it is nine fifty-five local time, and the second <laughs> half has not started yet." Oh you know, um, Morning hits to do in Monday football. Monday. So, am I going to sleep we- tonight? Is this going to be a, a situation where I don't sleep at all today?
1: They win at Arrowhead. They beat the Raiders. They beat the Browns. They have the Ravens this coming week after the Ravens play on Monday Night Football. I mean, that's a really tough four-game stretch. And if I think we'll both probably pick the Chargers to beat the Ravens. Uh, sorry to our fantastic producer, Rachelle. Uh, but, I mean, if they pull that off, that is probably the most impressive four-game winning streak in the NFL. And then their schedule really really lightens up. They go on their bye after this Ravens game. They get the Patriots, the Eagles, the Vikings, the Steelers, the Broncos, the Bengals, the Giants, all before they face the Chiefs again, Pete, uh, on Thursday night football, December 19th. By the way, and,
2: and this is worth saying, too, about that Chiefs game, because we're talking about the division. It's at 820 on a Thursday night in L.A. after the Chiefs come off a home game against the Raiders. I mean, that's that's tough for the Chiefs. It, that short When you're short rest and traveling, especially to what is a different time zone. It gets your clocked a little bit off. I mean, <laughs> they're in such a bad uh, place right now because of hey, the this record. This is about the Chargers. This and the char- a- what the Chargers can, can... – no, but I'm saying the other side of this is the mm-hmm. fact that the Chargers are in great position to really make some noise this year, especially if they get that Ravens win prior to their
1: buy. No, and I think you know, seeing if they get that Ravens win, it's kind of like the, the the opposite of the Chiefs right now. You've got you've got a game in hand against Kansas City, the the road game against Kansas City. You've got a game in hand against Vegas. Right. Nobody nobody's afraid of the Broncos. You've then got a game in hand against Baltimore. The only real team you got to worry about, team you got to kind of watch and root against is Buffalo if you're the Chargers at that point in time. So we'll see. Um, but obviously, Pete, we don't know as much about the Chargers as the experts, which is why we bring them in when uh, things are necessary to get just kind of a a, a more specific view on what was successful for the Chargers against the Browns. Michael Peterson was kind enough to send us a message. Michael covers the Chargers for Bolts from the Blue SB Nation's home for Los Angeles Chargers content. Michael, what did you make of the Chargers win and what went down? Some way, somehow, Brandon Staley, within
3: five games of being a first-year NFL head coach, has somehow flipped the entire script on what the Los Angeles Chargers have been over the last five to ten seasons, and that's a team that can't seem to hold on to any fourth quarter lead, regardless if it's 14, 16, 17, even 21 points at times, can't seem to hold a lead in the fourth quarter. A team that for whatever reason, no matter the game situation, no matter what the script looks like, can't seem to just get any of those things right, whether it's clock management, running the ball way too often on first and second down, you know, based no matter what the analytics look like, right? Uh, Somehow this is just not your father's chargers team. Anymore. And a big reason for that is Brandon Staley's aggressiveness on fourth down. Now, through five games, Brandon Staley has gone for a fourth down eight times, and he's converted on seven of them. Now, that uh, succession rate is actually second in the NFL to the Cardinals, and I, I don't want to say the Dolphins at this point. Um, but it's not just like fourth and one, right? Get a QB sneak, fourth and two, get a, get a run from your fullback or your big running back or something like that. There have been some really, really risky fourth downs. And if you just look at last night against the Browns, uh, fourth and four from their own 41-yard line, fourth and two from their own 24-yard line when they were down by 14 points. So if you want to talk about in a moment where they have to score, right, down 14 points, 35-21, the Chargers have to score on this drive to even keep this thing a game whatsoever. But I mean, if, if they don't get this fourth down, the game is over. Browns at least get a field goal, and behind that running attack, they're probably going to get seven more. So instead of being down twenty-one points, they were they were able to convert a fourth and two again at their own twenty-four yard line to keep this thing going to score a touchdown, get the two-point conversion, and all of a sudden it's thirty-five twenty-eight, and and all of a sudden it's a ball game again. Brandon Staley, I don't know what you've done. We've listened to you talk. We kind of know how you are as a coach. We know what you say in post-game stuff. There's some extra magic here. And it seems to be working for this Chargers team, and it's a big reason why they're
1: 4-1. Appreciate it. Michael Peterson, again, from Bolts from the Blue. Uh, Brandon Staley, I thought, had a weird game, uh, the game the Chargers lost to the Cowboys, Pete, but it's difficult to argue with his results so far.
2: Yeah, I, as I've said, I mean, I, it's hard not to look at that team and 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 think they can't win the AFC as far as getting that bye week. And uh, it's it's an interesting stretch here. And I'm eager to see what they do against the Ravens. Man, it, it could, couldn't really go any, any better if you get that W before the bye. And then we'll see what they do afterwards.
0: Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels. But now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience.
1: Let's head to uh, another AFC team, one that was not able to get to four and one. The Cincinnati Bengals, Pete, fall to the Green Bay Packers in the Queen City, right? That's what Cincinnati's called. I always forget this. Um, but either way, uh, Chile, the, 20... the skyline city. Yeah, we knew that, Pete. Thank you very much. Uh, you're a citizen of the world, Pete. Awesome. Uh, 20, think about that 25 to 22, the final score, yeah. Um, an interesting back and forth game. Joe Burrow got nicked up and everybody kind of held their breath for a little bit. Um, I don't know what you properly take away from this game, whether you think the Packers are now. Fully, fully, fully back. If you think the Bengals are contenders, um, there were a lot. You, you mentioned how wild the early window was. Lots of missed kicks all throughout the window. Lots in this game specifically. Mason Crosby missed three game winners before ultimately booting it uh, yeah. in overtime. Um, I don't know. I, don't, I really don't know who I'm more intrigued by uh, in this particular game. But the Packers are now 4-1. The Bengals fall to 3-2 coming off that Thursday night win against Jacksonville the week prior.
2: I wish this game had five quarters. I know that doesn't make any sense, but it
1: almost did, literally. So great job.
2: Well, it didn't. Um, <laughs> you know, you are a soccer fan, so you'll, you'll get what I'm saying here. Oh, when a, a great, great World fan. Cup game comes down to to shootouts, you're like, ugh, God, I wish they I'll, just. I'll like, have could've... you
1: know, Pete, that like soccer purists hate penalties like people hate that like yeah than anything so that's what i
2: mean so like you're in the (laughs) world cup final i mean i'm not a big soccer man this
1: happened this literally happened in the euros this summer this this exact thing that you're describing literally happened
2: by the way incredible incredible lunch uh if you can swing the right greek place um but yeah so i mean the five missed field goals in the last like two minutes of the game including overtime and you know they're taking the offenses off the field so that these guys can embarrassed themselves mason crosby had like a terrible day um this, this was the first time since 1991 with more than three missed field goals in the entire fourth quarter or overtime since 1991 that's a lot of years ago that's that's like 30 if i'm doing my math correctly that's 30 years, Good years math ago. right there yeah. um this was a, a a better battle defensively than i thought it would be especially when you consider like how high we're all on Aaron Rodgers, of course, and mm-hmm. then not all of it, us, but okay. And then Joe Burrow, um, relax, REL, AX for reigning MVP. Um, but yeah, no, I, I wish this, I wish we could have just seen these players. Like, I don't think the Packers are better than the Bengals and I don't think the Bengals are better than the Packers. I think we don't know that because of this field goal contest that happened at the end of the game. Um, and yeah, I mean the Packers, they, they won, but the Bengals could have easily won if that field goal was, immediately to the right. I think the, you hit the
1: crossbar twice. Like what the I, odds what I of that are insane.
2: What I come away with, um, is that both teams are, are likely playoff teams and, th- and that should really please, uh, Cincinnati. And if you're green Bay, I mean, you're going for the top seed. So just being a playoff team probably isn't good enough, but I guess that's, that's where I land on this. Devonte Adams is, is the man, uh, best wide receiver in the league. And it's not even close.
1: Jamar Chase is also the man. I mean, you know, yeah. there were a lot of, lot to of Chase. things said.
2: Burrow to Chase is uh is a special connection. You could tell there was that play where uh Burrow had to extend it and then just found his guy and uh Yeah, you're right. Were you about to say there was a lot of takes on the draft and how they should have went with an offensive lineman?
1: Well, there was that, but then there was – and I know Stats and I had some fun with this on the look ahead. We said it in jest, though, uh, but how he he mentioned that the ball was different in the NFL, which made it harder to catch because he had all the drop issues in the preseason, so people were worried. Uh, He has been phenomenal. I mean, he's he's looked like the best rookie wide receiver and looked like the first one taken, so far at least. I mean, we're, we're very early on.
2: I'm going to suggest this to our superiors at SB nation. We don't even need to cover the preseason. There is nothing that happened in the preseason <laughs> that has meant anything toward the, like to the regular season. If you think about all these preseason storylines that were happening, like it, it doesn't matter at all. I, I now I don't blame the players for not wanting to play the preseason anymore with the NFL PA. Get rid of it. Just get rid of it and play the regular games, whatever.
1: Um, I'm with you. I don't know who I think is better in this game. Um, I, this is the question that every every sports show in the Wisconsin area is going to be asking Pete do you cut Mason Crosby if you – cuz this I like this, I and look we don't ever want to see anybody lose their jobs let's be very clear here but th- this is a decision that if you don't make it could come back to haunt you in the aforementioned playoff game you get to right like it, because if every yeah. there's 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 a camp of Packers fans who are saying cut him get rid of Mason Crosby and if Matt LaFleur doesn't and the Packers lose, a, a you know, a playoff game on a field goal or something like that. Everyone's going to come back and say, I told you after the Bengals I, game, you got to move on, whatever. And it's, I, I think it goes back
2: to that like point about um, th- that I was making it, it with Thornhill and Sorensen. Like y- you just start the, the kicker carousel it, just because like Crosby isn't it right now. And he certainly was not it yesterday. He had the yips badly. Like is kicker X that you bring in that's been with four other teams. Is he going to be? good i mean it, it's not like there's um, might be
1: better than this i mean a lot of
2: coups just sitting out you know out there and in, in the I, I don't know to me i would i don't know i don't know what i would do in this situation i have no take on it but i i just think it's got it's a slippery slope because you get rid of crosby and then you bring in another guy and then you know you're doing what the bears did where they're trying out Six different kickers before they finally can figure out and land on one. So.
1: Here's what you do: you ask Aaron Rodgers because that's what the Packers do for everything these days. Is they just Randall Cobb?
2: Uh, welcome back. Seriously, my God,
1: uh, he's had a nice couple of weeks, Randall Cobb. Um, we're going uh in a in a weird kind of haphazard order, so let's just keep that up. You know, try to cheer Pete up here. Uh, you mentioned the Bears. Let's go to them. The Chicago yeah. Bears winning twenty to nine against the Las Vegas Raiders. Both teams now three and two. Vegas having a rough week on the football field. John Gruden obviously in the news for the racist comment that surfaced that he made ten years ago uh, in an email. The report was all over um, every outlet, obviously, and oh. everybody within the Raiders. Pete denied that. This game was any sort of reflection of team morale right. um, in the aftermath of Gruden's racist comment regarding DeMorris Smith, um, and so I mean I you know we obviously can't speak to that, but I I think that the average football fan looks at this game. Because the Bears weren't amazing, the the defense was was fine, or not fine. The defense was very good, but I I think part of that was the Raiders were kind of a little bit of a sleep at the wheel here. And I I think you have to draw some conclusion here that that there's some there's some not great stuff happening within the Raiders organization right now.
2: Yeah, uh, Ngakwe was asked about the John Gruden situation, and they're just going the no comment route, which is right. the route that you go when you're just trying to keep things in house for the sanctity of the team but you're really not thrilled about what had taken place and you can't blame this team i mean with with the percentages of of black players in this league and so on and so forth it has to be impacting the team i don't know if it's enough to cost them a football game um i felt that the the raiders the first three weeks were frauds i was very clear about that i haven't been right on everything um but i feel like <laughs> i'm right on this Uh, Derek Carr would revert back to what he is. And uh, I think the Bosa thing is kind of impacting him. It became a a real story. The fact that um, Bosa said, if if you hit Derek Carr, he falls apart. Uh, And he now has kind of reverted back to that average quarterback that we have seen for years and years. And I've said I said that they only won two overtime. They won two of the three for the games that they won. Those would go three and were two overtime games. They could just as easily be one and two. And they're not going to make the playoffs. I mean, that's that's Mm. the truth of it. That, that's the truth of it on the other side. Um, happy to see that that fields getting injured mid game didn't make Matt Nagy be like, All oh, right, quarterbacks
1: Scott injured mid game, by the way, we're just,
2: and, we're just going to roll with Andy Dalton, um, put fields back in still a work in progress, quite obviously. Um, but, you know, the bears get a, a much needed win and uh, Khalil Mack, a little bit of a revenge in this game.
1: Yeah, I do want to say I, I don't. Even in hindsight, 100% agree with you that the Raiders are frauds. By the way, nice Super Bowl 54 media party cut, Pete Sweeney. We broke bread there together. That was the well, the night of the paella. paella. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the
2: oh my God. Of- <laughs> just dive right yeah. into that paella. Uh, uh, it,
1: just, it's a whole different story that maybe Pete and I will tell someday. Uh, at the media party at Super Bowl 54 in Miami, there was, how, how big was the, the paella cauldron? I mean, it was, I mean, it, it was, was legit immense. like, it was like an inflatable pool. I mean, reminded like me of a hot game. tub
2: of paella Yeah, it was yeah. good. Yeah,
1: uh, But anyway, um, I don't I didn't think the Raiders were as fraudulent as I thought, say, the Broncos were or even the Panthers were. Um, yeah. So, like, I think there are varying levels of fraudness, um, fraudulency. But um, yeah, I mean, the Raiders clearly I thought they I, I picked the Bears to win this game because I thought like, oh, you know, the vibes were not good with the Raiders. Even just even before Friday, when the John Gruden story broke. Uh, because of the Derek Carr thing, like he kind of had the the feeling that he was going to come out maybe try too hard to overcompensate for that. And it just didn't happen. I mean, this, you know, I think if you're a Raiders fan, you got to be worried that, you know, things have tilted in the opposite direction. And I could honestly see them losing to the Broncos this week. I know I said that the Broncos were frauds too, but I, I, they're on that descent. You know what I mean? Like the, the Raiders you, as a whole,
2: you know, what is a problem for the Raiders? Like good to You know, above average defenses. And I I think the Broncos at least have that. And, you know, we have seen from Teddy that, I mean, it could manage a game and take care of the football. And sometimes when you're playing a bad team and like a a team that, you know, overplayed, in my opinion, like the Raiders the first three weeks. That's going to go to the team with the better defense. And I tend to think the Broncos will win, too. Maybe I'll be wrong about it. And we'll be back here on Monday. And I'll be wrong about another thing in this NFL season, RJ. Uh, But maybe I won't. Maybe I'll get this one right.
1: Um, Pete. Um, I've stalled long enough. I can't anymore. It's time to talk about the Dallas Cowboys four and one after their 44 to 20 win over the New York. Not so good at football giants. Your, uh, original team before you abandoned them. Um, (laughs) I don't know if that's the case. (laughs) The, um, the Cowboys had a slow start. You know, first half was a little bit frustrating um, for most Cowboys fans, but kind of like last week, just had a great third quarter. Trayvon Diggs got another interception, leads the NFL, has had at least one in every single game this season. He's going to be the defensive player of the year. He really he is. He might. <laughs> like, because that's a thing that's inflated by numbers and are like gaudy statistics. And so, I, know. I like, th- there is a... Bo- I wrote about this last week. Th- there is a bottoming out that's coming, right? Like, he's going to have, like, a couple of games without a pick, and people are going to who's be like, "What's what's the, happening?" But,
2: say that uh, that he, he he will. This is Diggs Island. Uh, every <laughs> game, it's an interception.
1: Yeah. Um. What what are you more confident in? What what's higher, uh, Stefan's touchdowns at the end of the season or Trayvon's picks?
2: It's a it's a worthy question at this point. I mean, who knows? <laughs> it could go either way. Um, Fifty. Coin toss
1: this game uh today pete actually the day you and i are are recording and streaming uh is the one-year anniversary of dak prescott's injury last year Mm -hmm. which was against the giants in the afternoon window at AT at&t stadium so this game very uh you know specifically scheduled in this way to effectively be the one-year anniversary and dak was not great early on he had a bad interception had you know Dropped a snap. I know that happened to Patrick Mahomes. It happens to the best of them. Um, And just kind of, he he looked like somebody who was just going through the motions. Like, oh, we should just win this game because we're better. Um, Wasn't totally executing. But again, did wake up, hit CeeDee Lamb for a 49-yard touchdown. Hit Amari Cooper later on. Zeke Elliott was fantastic. Um, I mean, just a great offensive performance for the Cowboys, particularly in the second half. But I don't know how, I mean, I think the takeaway here is, uh, before we get to the Giants, Cowboys are one of the top teams in the NFC, right? Obviously.
2: Yeah, I I think so. I I just think because the defense is playing so well. I I don't I don't think and even you probably would have said that the the defense you never expected in a million right. years to be on this level. And the offense was never really a question, right? Like Dak was never really a question. It it was can the defense live up to to their side of the bargain and then they are. Uh and you know, you you have a, a an NFC to me that that even though you have an undefeated team in the the Cardinals it, it's still um Open in a sense, and I, I think the Cowboys are right there. I I think this game is is, is it was always going to be a Cowboys win, right? And I, I I think that's worth saying. But I mean, how many teams in the league, if you say you're you're going to lose your quarterback, top running back, and top wide receiver, how many are winning in that game? I, right. You know what I mean? That, that's what it came down to to me.
1: And that's I mean I I don't know what the Giants do from here. They they do feel very broken, and they have felt very broken for a long time. And I don't know that. Um, non-NFC fans or non-Giants fans. I don't even know that Giants fans are willing to admit this, but as an example, Pete, I mean, Dak Prescott has beaten the Giants eight times in a row. He hasn't lost to the Giants since he was a rookie. And so, like this, like this has been brooding for a while with the Giants, and you can't obviously predict injuries. Everybody saw Saquon Barkley's ankle, uh, just horrible situation. Seems like he's at least going to miss a week. Daniel yep. Jones suffers the concussion late in the first half. Uh, obviously, doesn't return. So Mike Glennon's in. They're out, they're playing without Sterling Shepard and a bunch of other players. Kenny Galladay, you know, obviously now you're dealing with and Kadarius Tony, who was phenomenal in this game, by the way, looks there. I. I wonder if, when it's all said and done, the Giants or the NFC East team to get the better rookie wide receiver. Uh, I, I Canary's Tony looks amazing. I, I, I feel like we haven't seen that game from Devontae Smith yet so far, uh, in his NFL career. And but There was the
2: whole hop situation too. So could could karma Karma could come back to get you on that one, right?
1: Uh, but but I, he got ejected. That's what I'm saying. Like it just, I mean, and that's I, that, that goes back to Joe Judge. Like he preaches all this discipline and blah blah, and so. But this is a disaster there.
2: What are you going to do if you're the Giants, though? Because I, I really think you're in, you're in the top five this year. I, I feel that way at this point in, in, in New York. I, I just think the, the schedule gets, gets tough t- here, too. I mean, the NFC East is certainly better than it was um, last year. The, do you stick with Joe Judge? I don't see how you could um, with that kind of result in this season.
1: Well, uh, speaking of Ed Valentine, who covers the Giants for Big Blue View here at SB Nation, he thinks they will because Ben McAdoo didn't even last two years. Pat Shermer only had two years, and so how can you not give Joe Judge longer than two years? You know, you can't. because
2: I'll tell you why. Because his shtick.
1: Agree with you for what
2: it's his, worth. Yeah, his shtick is is built upon you having results. You can only act like Joe Judge acts if you you win, mm. and and to me. Um, this is not uh, the results that, that you should be getting from this hard-nosed, with the media guy that, you know, and I understand that that injury is going to happen, and we just said, I mean, how many teams are winning with all those injuries? Not many. Um, it, it would be miraculous to have won this football game. But I just, I don't, I've never really thought, to, to be fair, like Daniel Jones, and I'm not a Daniel Jones guy. I never be- really believed in Daniel Jones, and it's hard for me to get behind uh, Joe Judge uh running this ship
1: no. my worst fear is that the giants have like an awakening in the offseason move on from joe judge trade away daniel jones they have the extra first-round pick from chicago and that they're the team that hires a, a you know great head coach whoever it is and trades for russell wilson and and we'll see by the way what seattle looks like this coming they, week
2: they I mean, have said the enemy and wilson on broadway could be the thing I mean, that could be
1: <laughs> um the next
2: big thing here
1: uh you know, BLG and I have speculated uh on one future home for Daniel Jones where he could potentially prosper, Pete, and that is in the Berg. The Pittsburgh Steelers <laughs> get off the Schneider. Oh, that's uh, Aaron Rodgers'
2: future home. You know that.
1: They uh successfully defeated the Denver Broncos 27 to 19. Uh Pittsburgh now climbs to two and three. Denver, the frauds that they are, fall to three and two. I don't know how Vic Fangio is, is you know, living with himself, Pete. I mean, because lots of explore. play. Lot, yeah lots of plays happened in this game when when the game was was well put away um truth be told i this game all i I took away from this game is that Denver is actually worse than i thought i don't I don't at all walk away from this game thinking Pittsburgh's good, their offense is back. I know they scored points in the first quarter finally yeah. but th- this was Pittsburgh benefiting from from the fraudulentness of the Broncos more than anything else
2: i I don't completely agree with that I think i come well, away wrong. I think I come away. With the reminder that Mike Tomlin deserves more respect, and you know that bell should go off in our heads right now, just keeping this team above five hundred.
1: Uh, uh, Levy on Bell left the Steelers a long time ago.
2: Could could the, like? You're not going to be shocked if the Steelers are are nine and eight this year, which would be to me completely overachieving. And I I think with with Big Ben in there. Um, Pittsburgh offense had 391 net yards in this game. This is a little bit closer to the offense that if you were being optimistic heading into the season that you expected, given the fact that you had Harris, the rookie, who had 23 carries for 122 yards, and you really sort of allow that to open up up the passing game. Uh, Claypool had five for 130 and a touchdown. You got Deontay Johnson involved in the mix with two catches for 72 yards and uh, the touchdown. We'll see about Juju Smith-Schuster. It seems like he... Might have suffered a major shoulder injury in this game. So um again, that that actually could be the final play of Juju Smith Schuster, a Steelers career member. He only signed the one-year deal uh, in the offseason. But yeah, I, I don't I know the Broncos are three and two. I'm sure Denver folks are loving the fact that through five weeks, Denver's ahead of Kansas City, but they're not making the playoffs either. Pittsburgh, I don't think they're making the playoffs, but no, I think dude, Ma- they're terrible. Mike Tomlin is reminding us that, that he's at least going to make this damn thing interesting, I think.
1: so. We'll I see. think you're, it's, it's more than fair to credit Mike Tomlin, but I think he can only do so much. I, again, I, Ben was bad. Like This was not a good game, and I'm, I'm going to go out now, Pete, and say that the Steelers lose to the Seahawks. The Geno Smith-led Seahawks on tonight Night Football. I will guarantee that right now. Do Big Ben me?
2: at times when he's taken down, like he got taken down early in this game. I was watching Red Zone before I went out to to Arrowhead, and uh, he just looks like an old guy that should not be on the <laughs> field. And it's almost like, and it's almost like he he's putting himself in danger by being on the field. Like that, that to me is is where he's at. Uh, so you know, that's a fair point. How 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 long can you win win like that? So.
1: Last one, Pete, that will hit in a major capacity and then rip through the rest uh, like pulling a Band-Aid off. The Arizona Cardinals are still the NFL's only undefeated team a 17 to 10 victory over the san francisco 49ers san francisco now falls to two and three after that two and zero start they are on their bye with a lot of questions to face they did place george kittle on injured reserve prior to this game uh he does still have to miss three games despite the fact that he is going to be on ir through the bye week but uh first start of trey lance's career um Lance. i mean you know Fine. Yeah, fine, but n- not enough. I didn't. I wasn't even like wildly impressed with Arizona either. But you know, you got to win these games, right? Like you got to win these. You know, you got to find a way. They're they're now two and zero in their division, uh, and arguably, you know, especially now with the Russell Wilson injury against the the two better teams of their three rivals. I mean, it's. I, I think Arizona is clearly a playoff team, but I don't know if I believe that they're the best team in the NFL. Despite the fact, I, I don't believe that despite the fact that they're the last undefeated team. I, I, I can name maybe three or four teams. I think are better than in the Cardinals.
2: I don't know if I'd go that far, three or four, but chargers
1: bills bucks. I would put the Cowboys there, but maybe that's the Homer in me. And maybe yeah. the Packers.
2: I think two things were the difference in this game. Um, Deandre Hopkins being Deandre Hopkins. Uh, uh. and, and and Trey Lance clearly needing a bit more seasoning. Like You see why uh, they're going with Jimmy G right now when he's healthy. Uh, Hopkins actually passed Larry Fitzgerald uh, for the most receptions by a player prior to his 30th birthday in NFL history. And after the game, he said that they're playing championship football. Uh, the nine-yard pull-away touchdown was a 50-50 ball in the end zone that that he brought in. I thought Kyler Murray, you know, he has been awesome this year. But the 49ers did an, a nice job defensively. It uh, looks like they they were getting a lot of pressure on Murray, you know, making him bail from the pocket and then really holding him on the ground. He had one yard uh, on the ground. And so what is interesting now is what happens after this game when it comes to defending the Cardinals offense. Mm-hmm. Will this be a little bit repeat that kind of game plan until now the Cardinals adjust? So some challenge there. And, you know, we had talked about Murray as a potential MVP candidate. I think that's still very real. But. In is coming, you know, Justin Herbert, uh, Dak Prescott is a, a reasonable candidate there in, in Dallas. So, uh, yeah, um, the MVP race in week five and six heating up here.
1: You mentioned how teams will play the Cardinals defensively. Their next matchup on the road against the Cleveland Browns. Very excited to see how Miles Garrett and co are able to, you know, mitigate what Kyler Murray is able to do a uh, tough couple of games coming up for the Cardinals. They do get the Texans after that, but after that uh, two weeks firm, or rather in week eight, um, they host the green Bay Packers. And that I believe is on Thursday night football. So um, some, some fun times coming uh, when it comes to Arizona, but uh, shifting to San Francisco here, Pete, uh, they are on their bye. I did check out some of the, their postgame show over at Niners nation Stats was in a mood to say the least, and all of the comments were quite disparaging, uh, towards Kyle Shanahan. Lots of words I would not say, you know, in front of you know, so you're my saying mom. Like curse words, yeah, you yeah, know, that was that I'm was not a point. yeah,
2: look. <laughs> curse off the air. I'm not a big curse on the air in the well, time. No, movie.
1: no, st- stats wasn't cursing. I'm saying the, the comments were full of lots of, um, again, lots, no. lots of unkind things. The Niners but-
2: Nation readers.
1: Right, uh viewers in this case. But you're you are yeah, right. That happens, you know. Um so and you have a lot of pride in your team. It's, I have two questions for you and the second is predicated on the correct answer to you, the first one. Um yeah. are the San Francisco 49ers going to finish below 500?
2: Oh, man. Man it's re- it feels like the wheels are falling off. Trey Lance does not look ready.
1: So they're they're on their bye. After that, Indianapolis on Sunday night football Kittle is
2: hurt. Um, and had, even when he wasn't hurt it right like he was particularly impressive
1: they, they visit chicago in week eight so we'll get the Lance fields bowl uh then they've got after that dude arizona the rams on Monday night football at mm. jacksonville make what you will of the cross country stuff. G-
2: give me the new like the new jeff fisher which would be eight and nine or seven and ten i i think that seems more likely than
1: that's below 500 that's what i'm saying
2: under 500 yeah that is that's, that's good math so, by you.
1: So if they finish below 500, which is certainly well in play this season, yeah. that would be four seasons for Kyle Shanahan finishing below 500 as the 49ers head coach. He's this is his fifth season as their head coach. Obviously, went 13 and three in 2019. That was a great year for you, Pete, trying to lift your spirits. Like I said, um, but don't that- don't listen. I do me a favor. Don't lift my spirits. I'm fine.
2: <laughs> I don't need a, I don't need your
1: assistance uh, here. My point is it is starting to become even more apparent that that season was the radical outlier for the 49ers as opposed to well, the norm.
2: I think what is going to be start to asking is like what we're seeing with, with Dan Quinn, it's kind of like a popular take right now. I don't know if I buy it completely, but like some people are career defensive coordinators. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? How are you going to start to get some of that conversation in San Francisco On the other, on the other uh, side? Of the
1: ball. these are tough times. Okay, Pete, we have uh, seven games to roll through very quickly. Are you ready? Have you buckled up? Yeah, let me get my seatbelt on. First of all, first of all, your thoughts on on, uh, on Texas A&M defeating down. Alabama?
2: Um, well, uh, did I tell you this? I you know sports getting sports betting is getting more and more popular. So I I see the score at halftime and I'm like, Nick Saban's is going to win this game. Uh, broke out the st- Benjamin
1: hmm.
2: Alabama even money line essentially. I think it was minus 125. Watching with a friend. Uh, we were at a, a local establishment. Alabama takes the lead. We go to another room. I, I stopped watching the game completely. Come back about 15 minutes later. Texas A&M is on the field. All the fans are on the field. And I say to myself, I just lost $100 on this game. <laughs> Unbelievable. I thought I had made the bed of the cinch. You know, we we're watching. Mm. And I'm like, oh, this game's over. There's no way. So kudos to A&M for sticking with it. I don't know how they they... They, after giving up the lead, relinquishing it, still managed
1: to pull it out. You mentioned him earlier. Armani Watts is disappointed in you, repeat. How dare you? But, um, okay. Clutch. Uh, it is uh, time Clutch to rip through. First of all, let's head to London. The Atlanta Falcons defeating the New York Football Jets. to twenty. Winding. It's always riding here. Dude, I feel so bad. They give us the Premier what? League, and we give them this. Like, this game sucked. I mean, Matt Ryan had a nice game.
2: This Close game.
1: No, it wasn't close. Zach Wilson was terrible in this game. The, Jets, the Jets look awful. Um, that's my you bet a Chipotle burrito on him. You're losing everywhere, Pete.
2: This is not my season. You know, I'm <laughs> fortunate to have covered the NFL for multiple seasons. Uh, this <laughs> season has gotten particularly bad. Uh, and we used to make more picks together, right? I'm glad we're not doing picks together this year because it's been it's been a bad stretch. Um, the good thing is. Uh, setbacks do pave the way for comebacks and, uh, long season, right? So marathon, not a sprint,
1: the new England Patriots winning in Houston, the home of their greatest win in franchise history, Bowl 51, 25 to 22, they get to two and three, but they will lose this week to the Dallas Cowboys. Houston falls to one and four, uh, Houston had a chance near the end of this game. Davis Mills looked like he was going to be the rookie quarterback to take out Bill Belichick this year. Uh, but that wasn't the case.
2: Yeah, Patriots are going to be interesting this year. I think this is the classic uh, prototype game that they're going to have when they're, they win this year. It's not going to be, you know, the Tom Brady era yet. You know, with Mac Jones kind of developing the defense is going to have to be. It's going to have to be like defense first. And, and, and you know, kudos to the Texans. They look pretty good. At, and Davis Mills looked really good. We just wrote off the Texans as a team that was going to lose every single game. Um, but they're better than a lot. Not, I don't want to say a lot of teams. They're better than, like, clearly better than a bunch of teams in this league. Like we just talked about the the Giants and the Jets, probably better right. than them. Um, the Jaguars, you know. So it is what it is. Um, New England gets 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 back and and rights to ship. I like Mac Jones. Um, I really do. I I think I think he's fun to watch. He's still developing. Um, but uh, I think the Patriots got their next guy. I really do feel that way.
1: I agree. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings stealing. Victory from the Detroit Lions late in the game, P This is when uh, as Scott Hanson calls it wins become losses and losses become wins during the witching hour on the Red oh Zone. Oh my show. God!
2: I mean, this was the witchiest witching hour that we've seen in a long right. time. And I don't, uh, I don't, I don't usually get to watch Red Zone, and I, I got, I got to watch it. Um, wow, I, I, my head was spinning. Yeah, you know, my my head span around. Uh, so.
1: Very quickly, late in the game, it's 16-9 to Minnesota. Uh, the Lions score and go for two. All credit in the world to Dan Campbell wants the win. They get the two-point conversion to take the lead 17-16, but Minnesota, Pete, Kirk Cousins goes to work, gets the Vikings within field goal range. They kick the game winner and check this out. This uh, was something that while you were busy during the rain delay, the Sunday night football broadcast uh, scrambled and gave us a bunch of highlights and told us that the Detroit lions are the first team in NFL history to lose on multiple game winning field goals from beyond 50 yards with no time left on the clock. First team in NFL history for this to be the case. And it's the case at week five, (laughs) like just an incredible level of heartbreak for Detroit so far this season.
2: Yeah, um, I think you kind of knew what the season was going to be for Detroit when you came in. I don't know, if, but dude, man,
1: know. they fight like they're like you mentioned, Houston. They're so much better than obviously the Giants, the Jets. The yeah, Tigers. I agree. I, mean, I, I, I do. Knicks, the they're going to be I good at some point.
2: I don't know if they're going to be good at some point, but okay, they might. They're, they're,
1: they're, like, there's reason to believe in in Dan Campbell to a sizable degree. That's my
2: point. They'll knock off some teams this year. In and ga- games, they shouldn't win, and then and then they win it, and it really messes up a team's, um, you know, chances at winning their given mm. division or the playoffs or something like that. Alex Madison, absolute stud. Now he did fumble the football force by uh, Jalen Reeves-Maybin, and that almost turned into uh, an utter disaster. And had it not been for uh, Kirk Cousins, oh, God, oh my God, I just I can't watch that. This guy, I, it's just up and down, up and down, up and down. His whole career. Um, but what the fumble led to was some real emotion from Dan Campbell. And, uh, he, he had a tearful, um, press conference after, and it was, it was strange. Um, Alex Madison is a, a top 10 back in the NFL. I've said this a number of times, just happens to be on the same team as Dalvin cook. I think sometimes, and in covering the chiefs, I hate to bring the chiefs back up again, but God, if Madison was just on the chiefs, they actually have, um, a consistent running back. Justin Jefferson is a stud. Um, yeah, I I think the lions are showing some promise, but it's, it's, it's that classic conversation that you have to have. Like, it does seem like a team that's going to piece together four or five wins. And then you're at a, you probably like quarterback, unless you trade up, you know, who's Mm -hmm. to say that these quarterbacks are going to be worth taking. Um, do you really want to live in that, that football purgatory, which is where I I think they kind of stack up.
1: The New Orleans Saints defeating the Washington football team, thirty-three to twenty-two. New Orleans now three and two on the season. Washington falls to two and three. Washington, the latest NFC East team to get a pissed-off Kansas City Chiefs team. By the way, um, does matter uh, yeah. these days. So uh, <laughs> the um, I was told by all my friends and colleagues here at mm-hmm. SB Nation that the Washington defense was going to be elite. That this team was going to be good, that this team was going to win the NFC East. This and their defense, team. Pete, is... This
2: Washington football team.
1: So bad. So terrible. So awful. They gave up a Hail Mary at the end of the first half to Jameis Winston, of all quarterbacks. I mean...
2: That bro, Hail Mary was so bad. Uh, <laughs> kudos to Marcus Calloway. Sorry for putting you on my bench um, on Sunday. Uh, You're not undeserved. sorry. Uh, I am, because I'm going to lose. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I, this is up there with you know, if if you were naming through five weeks, like the top five to ten most disappointing things in the NFL, this would be on that list. Not um, for my, not for me. This is the fact uh, that. Well, I know no, you're not place. disappointed. Um, the fact that this defense was supposed to drive this team to uh, playing more competitive football, and it has been uh, an utter disappointment. You know, you lost. Uh, you brought Fitzpatrick in to try to take advantage of that fact. That isn't even true. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet yeah, it doesn't seem like the football team is going to have a chance at repeating uh, as division champions, which is smart that I took the uh, EA GLES Eagles, um, who, my goodness, uh, really dug one out on Sunday. So good for them.
1: Uh, let's get to the Eagles actually. 21 18, the final score. Panthers, you know, a little bit of frauds, uh, as mentioned. Uh, Philly rallied late. You know, it really did seem like they were going to lose this game. Uh, but Darius Slay, I mean, this is
2: a signature type of win against a D- really good Panthers defense to me.
1: Darius Slay, uh, had his finest moment in an Eagles uniform, certainly. Um, Javon Hargrave is awesome. I mean, you know, there there are things to like when it comes to Philadelphia, but their offense is just for the most part gross. Uh, Jalen Hurts well, Hur- man, Hurts
2: needs to play more consistent. Like, dude, consistent J- football. He,
1: he had a free play, and you could tell he recognized it right away, and just got so excited. He just like I saw it through it in the end zone. Yeah, we threw it out of bounds. It's like, yeah, dude, it like- I mean, you're you're mitigating the point of the of the free play. I mean, so those are the kind of things that are, are really suspect here. I mean. I, I actually still think I mean, they were they they're they're the second best team in the NFC East. But Let's explain so
2: this correctly, though. I mean, the Eagles were down 15-3 with no hope, though. It, it, it was crazy.
1: Get the ball inbounds. In Give your guy a chance. Penalty
2: takes back a touchdown. You had a botched snap safety. You have a lost fumble. And then all of a sudden, the Eagles are like, you know what? We could win this division. We know that Pete picked us. Here we go. Pete, Wes you're, Watkins in the 52-year Hertz has two touchdowns on the ground. Steve Nelson, my ex-chief, my my brother in there. Game-winning interception. Uh, Darnold looked like Jet Sand Darnold. I I don't think that that is going to be a tendency that continues, but it is worth noting. You know, we I I made a big deal about Derek Carr and how he's reverted. You you know, Darnold having a bounce-back game is going to be key. I think this is one of these classic football games where you ask yourself, was it the Eagles winning the game or? the Panthers losing it. I know that that's an annoying conversation that sometimes gets had, but this is that a uh, typical game uh, type that you would suggest that you have that debate.
1: I agree with you. That's well said. Great job, Pete. You're doing marvelous today. Uh, two games left. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Thumped the Buccaneers. The, yeah. The Mi- oh, my man. Uh, thumped the Miami dolphins, 45 to 17 Tampa four and one Miami one and four. Um, Antonio Brown got in the mix in this game. Mike Evans had a great touchdown. Tom Brady scampered a little bit here. It just it took a little just a teeny bit of time. But Tampa got rolling and, and really didn't stop afterwards once they did.
2: You know, I talked about MVP candidates before by mentioning Murray and Dak uh, Prescott and Justin Herbert. You never know. Tom Brady <laughs> has suddenly gotten a little bit more likable on these this Buccaneers team. He was not likable in New England. Um if he keeps putting up 411 yards and five touchdowns and it takes advantage of some of these games where his team is way better than the other team his numbers are there he might get that sympathy look at this 44 year old who's yeah. winning the mvp at this stage of his career so uh, get ready for that uh, are brady we, fans um, and and anti fans i guess i would say Enemy are
1: center. we are we ready to bury the dolphins like bury bury them
2: I, this, is a t- this is a tough hole right now for Miami.
1: And it's like, I know two is hurt, but man, like y- th- you've, you were committed to a process. You're committed to a rebuild. At this point, you got it. We got to see some results. Like, look at Cleveland. You know, like Cle- Cleveland is the example, right? Of, okay, we're going to take our time. We're going to do our tank. We're going to get our picks. We're going to grow and develop. And then we're going to turn into a contender. And that just has not happened with Miami.
2: Yeah, it's tough when the quarterback goes down, but I but don't know. Even
1: still, he's a quarterback that the team like refused to believe in. So it's not—it's not like you know the most like you know beloved quarterback in the NFL or anything.
2: Well, it's worth asking the question: Would they have the same results with Tua that they're having with Brissett? And that's very possible. I mean, it's not like right. Tua was like world-beating before he went down. We still had questions about Tua going into this year. So, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't seem like Miami's it, it, is a threat to make the playoffs at all.
1: Final game, Tennessee Titans 37, Jacksonville Jaguars 19, Urban Meyer still winless in the NFL 0-5, the Titans get to 3-2. Jacksonville, Pete, has lost 20 straight games as a franchise. They are six shy of tying the all-time record, which was set by the 1970s Tampa Bay Buccaneers. These are the Jaguars' next six games, just to put this in proper perspective for you. They have the Miami Dolphins in London this week, so... That's, you know, maybe that's Miami's get right game. Then they're on their bye, So that's, that's one. We need five more to tie at Seattle, even with Geno Smith, yikes, Buffalo, mega yikes at Indianapolis, which you never know San Francisco, who knows what's going to happen there. And then Atlanta, I mean, and then at the Rams to potentially break the tie if they're still losing at that point in time.
2: Yeah. I don't, I don't feel too good about it. (laughs) I do not feel good. I don't think they're gonna win. They're not really all that watchable. Uh they're gross, which is, dude. Which is kind of so sad gross. because we were so excited about Trevor Lawrence and and you know, they pan to the sidelines. And Urban Meyer, his mannerisms and gestures just make him look like a joke. Like it's almost uncomfortable watching the Jacksonville Jaguars at this point. And the Titans needed this win they continue to pound it with Derrick Henry. He's going to have 9,000 touches by the end of the season. I, and they need him to do anything this year. So it's, mm-hmm. inter- it's just an interesting strategy, especially like in a, in a game where it's 37-19. I, I don't know why he's touching the ball 29 for 29 carries.
1: Colts, Ravens, who wins tonight and why?
2: Yeah, I think it's the Ravens. Um, simple. I always go to the quarterback matchup, and there's no way I'm betting on Carson Wentz uh, against Lamar Jackson. Uh, mm-hmm. I know that you know there's injuries and, and whatnot, but. Lamar, Lamar will get it done
1: yeah I think this is a like th- this sometimes this happens like on national games or primetime games like the country gets together to roast like one specific thing like I could see this being a rough night for Carson Wentz on Twitter you know what I mean I could I can kind of see that oh
2: trust me I know I watched on Twitter as it was pile on the Chiefs and laugh at them night last night and this <laughs> is shaping up to be a yes an anti Carson Wentz his career is over Twitter night or whatever your social media platform of choice. Who knows? Maybe you're snapping about it. If rigged it up, if Can, you're still on Snapchat that. in yeah.
1: 2021, what are you doing with your life? I mean,
2: yeah, maybe get on what are the new ones? Twitch, I Instagram.
1: Just, I mean, Twitch is a whole different thing. TikTok
2: and do you have a TikTok?
1: I don't have one, but I do browse it. Uh, it's just some funny videos out there. You know, you, you, you ought
2: to get a TikTok, man. Yeah.
1: No, what do you mean, Instagram? You've, your Instagram is popping, you know. Pete's Instagram is 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 pretty prominent these days. So,
2: Gramming uh, Gramman and slamming, baby.
1: Uh London, we are sorry. Uh we sent Falcons Jets last week. We're sending Jaguars Dolphins this week. Seriously? Oh dude, my you,
2: god. That remember. is a terrible matchup. I did not realize that that was the next yeah. London matchup. That is a terrible yeah. matchup.
1: Dude, I mean uh, seriously, like you, you gave you gave us, you gave us the Premier League, you gave us Harry Potter, you know what I mean? Like we we shouldn't be treating you this way so we are sorry think
2: about and like this is insult to injury because think about all the tea that was just wasted on that faithful night uh in boston and now we're feeding them the worst possible football that we possibly could uh, we got to do better for country relations honestly uh
1: yeah we'll get the um the big tea their, A little lemonade
2: arnold palmer delicious
1: so you when you think of tea you think of cold tea you don't think of hot tea
2: I'm a more of a hot coffee man. If I'm if I'm ingesting some tea, baby, uh, it is cold and it is you're with a little
1: ingesting bit of, your tea,
2: a little bit of lemonade, yeah, sipping on it, refreshed. Um, if you use unsweetened iced tea, it's also you know kind of quenches your thirst a little bit better. That's a, a pro tip. Don't use the sweet tea; you're just gonna be thirsty later. Um, so yeah, it's
1: good, Pete. Um, week five in the books. Uh, thank the last God. word. Yeah, the last
2: word. Um,
1: last word belongs to you, Pete. Send I don't us like strong.
2: Yeah, I just don't like being here. I'm having to do this every week anymore until the chiefs start winning. So uh, hopefully that happens uh, next week. Who knows? They may, you know, the 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 chiefs may just be what the doctor ordered for that Washington football team d, right?
1: I. I think you will have an existential crisis if the Washington football team beats the Kansas City Chiefs. I would never root for an NFC East Nothing team like a, to a, win a the, Haneke Mahomes.
2: Yeah, nothing like a Mahomes matchup that seems like it, it's going to be way more even than you ever thought in a million years it could possibly be. So, um, yeah, that's where, where that's, that's the state of the the Chiefs right now, for sure.
1: Subscribe to the SB Nation NFL show where to get your podcast. Leave a rating, write a review. Tell Pete something nice. He's having a rough couple of weeks. Um, and uh, also make sure to watch us on Twitter, on Facebook. Pete, the last – we got one word. Say it and then we're gone.
2: I'm going back to bed. Good night. It's
1: a lot of words.